A city only has exactly a million. And one of them wants to leave for the high holidays. We force him to remain or to hire someone else in his stead. And if there are 11 million men, but two want to leave, then the two of them can go into partnership to hire uh, someone in their place. And they both need to pay the same amount. If one is poor and one is rich, so part of the payment is according to what you can afford, and part of the payment is as each of them paying their bit. And even if you go away for Yom Tov, you still have to pay for the Chazan, for those like those who are staying. It makes no difference whether you are leaving town a long time before Yom Tov or not. As long as you don't intend to return before Yom Tov. We only force someone to hire someone to complete a minion for the Yom Narayim. Such as when there's only going to be one or two missing. Unless there's a, f- a fixed practice to force people to hire, even if there were three or four missing. And if there's a minion of inhabitants in the city, then we force one another to hire a chazan. Also in a place where there isn't always a minion in shul. They can force one another with fines to make them come constantly to make the minion in shul. So that the daily offering is not negated. Look ahead at chapter 150, where we will discuss if they can force one another to pay money to build a shul. Simon Nadvav, chapter 56, the response of Kaddish by the congregation, one should have kavana when you respond to the Kaddish. And don't make an, an interruption while you're saying Yehishmei Rabba. Uh, continues the Shulchan Aruch. You should respond with a loud voice. And you should strive to run to hear a Kaddish. One should stand when you're responding to Kaddish and any other holy matter. Someone who comes to Shul and hears the congregation responding to Kaddish, he responds with them. Even if he didn't hear the beginning of it, from the Chazan. Also, the Shleach Sibur, the Chazan also needs to respond to his own Kaddish. And when the Chazan begins his Kaddal, some say there are various verses that we find in smaller print, some say those verses alongside Kaddish. When the Shlech says Yisbarach, everybody answers Amen. Also when he says Amen. Also when he says, then let us say Amen. And our custom is not to answer Amen after Yisbarach, and not after Yisbarach. And one shouldn't make an interruption between Yisbarach and the continuation of the Kaddish. Those who only respond up to uh, are making a mistake. You have to, you can't make a uh, separation between the word Almaya and Nisbarach. When the Chazan says the word Yisgadal, he should bow. Also when he says Yishmei Rabba, also when he says Yisbarach, also with Bricho, also with Amen. After he completes the Kaddish, he takes three steps back, and afterwards he says, 
The custom is that the chazan lengthens his barcho, and uh, in some congregations we have the uh, people reciting uh, as the chazan is reciting the barcho. Places where they shout at one another between Kaddish and Barucho and Yotzer Er, or they speak about the needs of the congregation, that's a mistake. Hilchas Krishma, the laws of Shema. Simon Nunchas. Hilchas Krishma, because they have the laws of Shema and his brachas. Very nice, Stephen. Aleph. The time of reciting Shema in the morning is from the time you can see your friend that you're a little familiar with at a distance of four Amas and recognize him. And the time continues until the end of the third hour, which is a quarter of the day. And the ideal way to do it is to recite the Shema as the enthusiastic students do that they would make sure to read it just a little before sunrise, and then you can immediately have the Shemona Esrei at sunrise. Someone who is able to do that, his reward is very great. The time of sunrise is the amount of time of one hour before the entire ball of the sun can be seen above the earth. If you didn't read the Shema before sunrise, you should ideally read it as early as possible. Someone who is forced, like he's getting up early to go on a journey in a place of um, bandits and animals, that he won't be able to stay in one spot and focus even for the first parsha even until or the members of the caravan are going quickly and won't wait for him at all he can read it with, his, with its brachas even after dawn because once it has the dawn is broken we can call it properly and as you rise up and also you can read who creates light but it's not in a place of animals and bandits and the members of the caravan are not pushing so much even if he is going on a journey after dawn he shouldn't read it until the right time if you read it from dawn on even if you weren't in a forced situation you have nonetheless fulfilled your obligation says if you read it without the brachas you should go back and read it at the right time with the brachas and see further. Hey, if you were forced and you didn't recite the Shema from the evening until dawn, since the sun has not yet risen, you can recite the Shema and fulfill your obligation for reciting the night Shema. And if at that moment you were in a forced situation uh, because you're about to go on a journey and it's dangerous, you shouldn't then go and read it a second time to fulfill your obligation for the day Shema. Once 
once you've dedicated that time as still part of the night because it's not yet sunrise you can't now say well now it's it's day vav even though the time of Shema continues until the end of the third hour, if the third hour passed and you hadn't read it, you can still read it with this All the entire fourth hour, which is a third of the day. You just don't have the reward as someone who reads it in the right time. If the fourth hour passed and you did not read it, you can recite the Shema without its brachas all day long. Zion. If you didn't read it during the day, some say that you can make it up at night. Similarly, if you didn't read the Shema at night, you can make it up during the day. And others disagree. Simon Nuntes, Din Bracha Rishen B'Yotzer, the law of the first Bracha of Yotzer. Aleph. Why do we mention that God creates the darkness? Our sages instituted to mention nighttime during the day in order to dispel the notion of the heretics who say that the, the one who created light is not the same creator of the darkness. If you erred and you made the bracha that we make up Ma'ariv, and then you remembered immediately, and you corrected yourself, and you completed the bracha properly, you fulfilled your obligation. But if you said the bracha for night and you didn't say the day bracha, or you didn't complete the bracha properly, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. If you doubled the bracha and you said both the day bracha and the night bracha and you concluded it wrong, you have not fulfilled your obligation. Same thing would be if you only made the Yotzer at the beginning, if you concluded the bracha wrong, you have not fulfilled. Uh, continues but if you concluded the bracha correctly since you began the bracha properly you do fulfill your obligation even though you got it wrong in the middle some say that the kedusha in the bracha before the Shema an individual who's davening alone may recite it because it's only really telling over the story of how the angels uh, recite the Kedusha. Some say, No, that it's Kedusha, and therefore it can only be recited with a minion, and the individual must skip it. It's only recited with a minion. And we need to be concerned for their words, and to be careful that if an individual is davening, by himself, he should recite it with the tune as if he were reading in the Torah. And the minig has already become widespread like the first opinion. And the individual does recite it. And when we respond to this Kedusha in Shul, we say it in a loud voice as the next Kedusha. You make the bracha on your own, uh, both during the day and at night, uh, along with the chazan, says the Ramav, but you should complete the bracha before the chazan finishes, and respond amen to his bracha. However, if you didn't recite it, but you only heard it from the chazan, then you're still yotzah. Because these brachas, the chazan can fulfill on behalf of the individual. Even though the individual knows how to do it, nevertheless, 
somebody else, Chazan, uh, cannot fulfill the obligation of the individual with less than minion. Continues the Shulchan And you shouldn't answer Amen after the Bracha, immediately before the Shema Mishim to have a Hefseg, because it is an interruption and says the Ramava and the Kaman, Simon Samach Aleph, but look further. Hey, if the Chazan made a mistake in the Bracha, to the extent that they need to put someone else in his place. In Tom if you made a mistake from Kedusha onwards, the second fellow only needs to begin from the place where the first fellow left off. Mean to say that he begins from that Kedusha and onwards. But if he made a mistake before that Kedusha, he has to start at the beginning of the whole Brach of Yetzirah. The laws of the brachas over the Shema, and if they need intent, the second bracha begins Avas Olam. Some say that's the Continues We don't begin with the word Baruch because it's juxtaposed to the first bracha of Yotzer And if by saying this bracha of Ava Salom or Ava Rabba, it exempts the brachas over the Torah if one had not yet recite, recited them. See above chapter 47. Bez. Kar Krishma below bracha, if you recited the Shema without a bracha, you've still fulfilled the obligation of the Shema. And then you can go back and recite the brachas without the Shema. But it would appear to me that it's better to go back and recite the Shema again with the brachas. Gimel. The order of the brachas are not an impediment. If you did them out of order, the second before the first, you've still fulfilled your, your duty of reciting the brachas. Some say that mitzvahs don't need kavana. Some say that they do need the kavana that you have to fulfill the performance of that mitzvah. One who's reading the Shema and didn't focus on the first verse, he hasn't fulfilled his duty. The remainder of the Shema, if he was not focused on doing the mitzvah, maybe he was even just reading in the Torah. Or he was just fixing up. He was a sofer and he was fixing up these parashas at the time when it was the Shema time. Yatsi still fulfilled his duty. As long as he's had the right kavana for the first pasuk. How much we need to be focused and careful when we recite the Shema. One should re- read the Shema with focus, with awe, with fear, with uh, trembling and uh, full shaking. Bez. That which I command you today, the meaning is that every day the words of Torah should be in your eyes as new. Not like someone who's already heard it over and over, that you're bored of it. Gimel. In the Shema, there are 245 words in order to complete the 248 corresponding to the limbs of a person. The Chazim concludes with the repetition So he repeats it, but out loud, those three words. And with this, every person in the congregation has fulfilled his extra three words. Since he has heard from the mouth of the Chazan these three words. And if an individual wants to also recite these three additional words along with the Chazan, there's no prohibition. Continues the Shulchan Aruch, if he 
is davening alone, yechaven, you should have in mind well, when you're reciting the next paragraph of Emes Vyatsev that has 15 letters, 15 words, all beginning with the letter Vav, which add up to 15 times 6 equals 90. And that corresponds to three times the name of God. Each time God's name is 26, along with four letters, makes 30. And there's another additional reason for the fact that the 15 vavs add up to 90. And the general reading is counted as one. That adds up to 91. Which is the amount of God's name as it's read and written. And it's as if he said, which adds up to 91. MS is true. And some have written that anyone who reads the Shema alone should say as three words before he begins the Shema. These three words will then complete the 248 necessary words. And that's in place of the one would otherwise answer after the Bracha before the Shema because Kel Melech Neman is Aleph Mem Noen. That's our custom. Venerally, and it appears to me, nevertheless, when he reads with the congregation, he shouldn't say those three words. He should rather respond Amen to the Chazan's Bracha, and that's the Minhag, and that is correct. Dalit. We are accustomed to read the first Pasuk out loud in order to arouse the Kavana. Hey, we're accustomed to place our hand over our eyes when we read the first verse. In order to avoid looking at anything else that may impede your kavanah. One should lengthen the letter ches of echad in order to show God as king over the heavens and earth. That's hinted at the hump in the roof of the ches, the way it's written in Torah. The Yarech B'dalad shall Echad, and one should lengthen the Dalad of Echad. Shir Shiyachshiv Shakarish Baruch Yochid Ba'olamay Amoshel B'dalad Ruchas Olam. The amount of time it would take to think that Hashem is alone in the world and controls the four directions of the world. The Yarech Yosem Kshir Zeh, and one shouldn't lengthen it any more than this amount. To turn the head as one is thinking, mala or mata above and below and in the four directions. Make sure to emphasize the dalit so it doesn't sound like a resh. Don't do the chet quickly and don't lengthen the aleph. Tess. Also, Loma Shema Beis Pa'amim. It's forbidden to say Shema twice. Ben Shekarfal HaTeva She'omer Shema Shema. Whether that means doubling the word that you say Shema Shema. Ben Shekarfal HaPosuka Rishon. Or doubling over that first verse. Good. Because Shekarfal HaKrishma Almi Pasa. When you recite the Shema at bed, Muta Likra is called a parasha of Allah Sevelikrosa. You can read the whole parasha and then repeat it. Yesh Mishomer Shigam Bozeg Yesh Lizar Malim HaPosuka Rishon. And... There are those who say that even in this manner, one should be careful not to recite the first verse over again. Says the Ramah, based for Amim a second time. Yud Aleph. Ha'erim ba'shmeres ba'slichos v'yam kippur b'tfilas n'ilo based for Amim pasuk shema Yisrael yesh l'lamim shlo yomro. Those who recite slichos early in the morning and in Yom Kippur and during n'ilo, they say the shema, the pasuk of shema twice, we should instruct them not to do so. 
However, reciting Hashem Hu Ha'alekim seven times during the Ila, uh, that's a kosher minhag. Says the Ramah, We need to be careful not to answer, not to respond to any bracha, Amen, twice. After that first verse, you have to say Baruch Shem quietly. One should pause a little between Baruch Shem and Vahavta in order to differentiate between the acceptance of the kingdom of heaven and other mitzvahs. And when you recite the first verse of Shema, you should pause between Yisrael and Hashem, and then Elikeno and the second Hashem, in order that Shema Yisrael should be heard, that Hashem, that He is our God, He is the one God. And one should pause slightly between the end of the verse, Shema Yisrael and then Baruch because the main acceptance of the kingdom of heaven is in the first verse. One should pause between today and upon your hearts, and between today and to love. In order that it shouldn't appear that you are loving God today but not tomorrow. One should pause between Nishba and Hashem in order to clarify well the Ayin at the end of Nishba. That it shouldn't appear like a hey. One should emphasize the Zion in Tizkuru. So it shouldn't sound like you should act falsely or you should be hired and it would come across as we're doing the mitzvahs in order to be like servants uh, wanting a reward and you also need to emphasize the Zion in one should emphasize the Yud of Shema Yisrael that it shouldn't be swallowed up and shouldn't sound like an Aleph also, the Yud in Vahayu should also not sound like Vahau. You test. You should make a space between Vahara and Af. So it doesn't sound like Vahara. You need to make a space between a word that ends the same way as the next word begins. Esev Besadacha, Vavadatem Mehera, Hakanaf Pasil, Eschem Meeretz. So all of these examples are two words that are juxtaposed that the last letter of the first word is the same letter as as the first uh, of the second word, and so you need to pause. You need to make a pause uh, with any Aleph that's after a Mem. Kugoin Vlimadatem Osam. Ukshartem oisam, v'samtem es, urisem oisoi. Shalayehe nirakikara mosam, because if you just ran the two words into one another, ukshartem oisam would sound like mosam, their death. Chavez. Ap psuke de zimra, even in the psuke de zimra, v'tvila, and shman eset tarach ledaktik v'chach, you also need to pay attention to all of these things. Says the Ramah, v'huatin hakara v'taraman vima k'suvam yesh lezar. Same thing would apply when one's reading Tanakh, you need to be careful. Chavkimul tzarch ledaktik shlo yarpe achazek lo yachazek arafev lo yanid hanach. 
need to be careful when you are enunciating the letters that you don't make a hard letter into a soft letter or a soft letter into a hard letter. In other words, one that's got a dot in versus one that doesn't have a dot in. And also when it comes to the shva, whether it's a shva that needs to be enunciated or not, you need to take care. You need to read the shema with the notes as they are in the Torah. But that's not our custom in these regions. Nevertheless, those who are careful are strict in this. When you say it and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, you should touch the tongue. And when you say, and they should be, then touch the shalrash. And when you say and you shall see it, you should touch the two tzitzis before him. Some are accustomed to recite the Shema out loud, and some are accustomed to recite it quietly, says the Nevertheless, you should recite the first verse out loud, and that's our Minhag. One who wasn't careful when he recited the Shema or didn't say it loud enough for his ears to hear. Even though it's a mitzvah to be careful when it comes to the letters, if you read the Shema but didn't pay attention, you still fulfilled your obligation. You can read the Shema in any language, but take care about any mistakes that have crept into that language. And you need to be very careful just as if you were reciting in Hebrew. You need to allow your ears to hear that which you are reciting with your mouth. But if you didn't allow your ears to hear, you still fulfilled your obligation. As long as you did actually enunciate it with your lips. If due to an illness or some other uh, emergency, uh, you read the Shema just in your heart without articulating it, verbalizing it, you still fulfilled your obligation. And even in the first instance, one may do so. If you're in a place that's not entirely clean, and you're unable to clean it because of some forced issue, so then think of the words in your heart. Unless the place is completely filthy, because then it's forbidden to think about words of Torah in a place of filth. Hey, the chazan needs to say the sh- verse of Shema out loud in order that the congregation should hear. And they will declare God as king altogether. One should sit at the time of saying Shema and not sleep. A person may read the Shema walking or standing or lying down, or riding on an animal, or or sitting down, but you shouldn't do it lying in such a way that you are face down to the ground, or lying on your back, and your face is upwards, but you may read it if you're lying down on your side. That's only if you're already lying down and it's too much trouble to stand up. If you were someone who had a lot of flesh, and unable to turn to your side, or you were ill, so you can turn a little to the side and recite the Shema. One who wants to be strict to stand up, if he'd been sitting down, and to read it standing, is called a sinner. If he was going on a journey and wanted to recite the Shema, needs to stand still for the first verse. 
The main focus needs to be during that first verse. Therefore, in if you recite the Shema, but you had no Kavana during that first verse, you haven't fulfilled your duty, and you need to go back and re say the Shema. And even according to the opinion, the Mitzvahs don't need Kavana would agree in this situation. Hey, if you were sleeping, we oppress him and wake him until he at least reads that first Pasuk and he is completely awake. From that first verse onwards, we don't give him a hard time so that he will read it being completely awake. Even though he's dozing as he reads it, Yotza, he still fulfilled his obligation for the remainder of the Shema. And the law of someone who has been drinking or is drunk, see further.